Welcome to the Valley Brook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a sermon from our current series, Christmas Lights. It's interesting that lights have become one of the most notable decorations used to celebrate the birth of the one who is called the light of the world. We'll take a closer look at what this means during this message series, Christmas Lights. We hope you find this podcast meaningful. We'd love to hear how God is touching people's lives. Just go to our website at www.valleybrook.cc, select contact us, and send us an email. A quick search of the internet will reveal that there are all kinds of fears and phobias. Uh, some seem quite normal, while others of them seem uh, really strange. I actually found out about this uh, just this week. Uh, Maury Povich used to host uh, a television show about the strange things that people were afraid of. Things like pickles, uh, cotton balls, chicken, chewing gum. But, but here's the reality. The truth is we all have fears. Chapman University in California conducts an annual survey of the fears that Americans have. Uh, This provides an in-depth examination into the concerns of the average American, and they track the changes and trends over the years. And the survey asks about topics ranging from government, health, environmental matters, disastrous preparedness, paranormal experiences, and personal anxieties. The 2018 survey revealed that Americans are a people who are feeling more afraid than ever before. For the first time, the top 10 fears were experienced by over 50% of the people. The extent to which Americans are afraid in general is on the rise. What made those top 10 uh, list of fears? Uh, There were things like government corruption, environmental concerns about pollution and clean drinking water, illness, death, financial concerns, and so on. Now, if you're on our social media Facebook page or if you get our weekly e-letter, you got the opportunity to participate in an informal survey. And here's what we discovered this week. The top three fears of folks that come here are these things. Uh, health issues for people they love, death, and loneliness. Now, if you're wondering why I'm talking about things we're afraid of uh, in the season of Christmas, it's because in this season we remember that Jesus is the light of the world. Remember what he said. He, He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We commemorate that with our Christmas decorations dating back to the 1800s when the first candle was lit and put on a tree to remind those people celebrating Christmas in that household that Jesus is the light of the world. So it makes sense at Christmas that we remember that Jesus is the light of the world who shines into the darkness. And today we're going to look at the fact that he particularly shines into the darkness of our fears. So here's the reality of fear. We all feel the darkness of fear. Whether it's something that goes bump in the night that makes us wake up in fear, or whether it's our car sliding on icy conditions that gets our hearts racing because we're afraid we're going to wreck, or or something else, we all experience it. And, And the reality is, you know, when you read through scriptures, actually when you read through the Christmas story, you see that fear was mentioned a lot. So let me share with you a couple of things. Maybe you've noticed it. For instance, Mary. When Mary was greeted by the angel Gabriel, she was startled by him, and he spoke to both her fear 
and her concern about his message. Let's read what happened. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you, will, you are to call him Jesus. Honestly, I don't know which was more frightening to her, the angel appearing or the message that the angel brought. We can only imagine what she was feeling. Fear about seeing an angel. Fear about the message. Now, that's not the only experience of fear we see in the Christmas story. When Joseph, uh, Mary's fiance, found out that she was pregnant, we can read in Scripture, we can see that he was both hurt and afraid. He was hurt because he thought she had cheated on him, but he was afraid because he feared a couple of things. He feared for his own reputation as a godly man, but he also feared for her because he was afraid of what would happen to her when he had divorced her. And that's what you did in the first century. If you were betrothed, engaged, you only broke that with a divorce. And he knew that in the first century, women who were divorced were treated as outcasts. And worse, women who committed adultery were oftentimes sentenced to death. So we see Joseph's fears for Mary and for himself in those scriptures. Let me read them. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You know, just in those couple of verses, you can sense the heavy burden of Joseph's fear because of the situation he found himself in. A few months later from both of these incidents of fear, we see that on the night that Jesus was born in that little town of Bethlehem, an angel of the Lord announced the birth to shepherds. It says in Scripture, there were shepherds living in, out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. They weren't just afraid. They were terrified. The darkness of fear finds its way into everyone's life at some point. The darkness of fear finds its way into everybody's life. We fear the doctor's diagnosis. We fear being empty nesters. We fear safety for our children. We're afraid of dying. We're afraid of not having enough money. We fear terrorism. We're afraid of many things. Some of us are even afraid to take God seriously and follow him with the faithful seriousness that we just saw Mary and Joseph follow him with. Why do we look at fear as darkness? Because we can't see the outcome of what we're afraid of. 
We can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. We don't know how things will turn out. It's a big blank slate, like hearing a noise outside at night and staring into the darkness, not knowing what's out there and what could happen. So I'll ask you again, what are you afraid of? When God spoke to Mary through the angel Gabriel, she was afraid. And when Joseph went to sleep, that but in his fear of what was going to happen, he was afraid. When God spoke to the shepherds through the angel of the Lord, they were terrified. Yet in all three of these instances, the way these individuals responded drove the darkness of fear away. And how did they respond? They believed. They trusted. They had faith. So that's the second thing I want to tell you today is this. Faith shines light into fear. Faith is the antidote for fear. Shining the light of Jesus into the darkness of what we fear takes that fear away. Faith drives the darkness of fear far from us. Faith's like a million watt light bulb that shines in the darkness and says, we don't have to be afraid anymore. We can walk in faith. We can trust God is with us even when we can't see the future. That trust, that faith shines light into our fear. You know, King David knew this. King David was a man who confronted fear regularly. Remember, before he became king, he was a young man who fought lions and bears. He was, as he grew up, he became a soldier, one who would fight for the king of Israel. And so he did battle, battle to the death. He understood what fear was. You know, there's one place in scripture where it actually tells us that he was captured, that he was put in captivity. And that's in Psalm 56. And so think about it. What would it be like to be a prisoner of war? But even more so, what would it be like to be a prisoner of war before there was a Geneva Convention that stipulated how you were supposed to treat prisoners of war? And what would it be like to be a prisoner of war when you were the king of the enemy who had captured you? But look at what he says in Psalm 56. He says, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and I am not afraid. Where can mere mortals, what can mere mortals do to me? Having faith in God when you're afraid drives the darkness of fear away. Before David, there was Moses. And when Moses was transitioning his leadership of the people of Israel from him over to Aaron, he spoke to them to prepare them so for the transition from living in uh, uh, the land of Egypt to moving into the promised land. And when he spoke to them, he wanted to prepare them to follow jo Joshua. And while they waited there, had been waiting there for decades, there was fear involved. Fear involved about crossing over the River Jordan into the land that was promised because there were enemies of Israel who lived there. And this is what Moses said to the people. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you 
nor forsake you. God gave Israel a promise that we believe is for us today. He encourages them and then he tells them why they shouldn't be afraid because God is with them and he will never leave them. And that same promise is for us. God makes that promise that he will never let the darkness of fear make us afraid because he's promised to always be with us, to never leave us, to never forsake us. When Jesus was preparing for his imminent departure, he spent some time teaching the disciples about the Holy Spirit that he and God the Father would send to them who would be the living presence of God with them and as we know with us after Jesus ascended into heaven. And this is what he said, peace I leave with you, peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Now, consider how confusing and upsetting this was. But Jesus was saying that he was going to, uh, because Jesus was saying he was going to be leaving them. This was new information for them. They loved Jesus. They loved his vision. They loved his mission. And now he's going to leave them? Of course they were troubled. Of course they were confused. Of course they were frightened and afraid. I can only imagine what they were thinking. What's going on? What's going to happen to us? But Jesus speaks these words that shine light into the fear that they feel in the depths of their being. Saying, listen, have faith in me and be at peace. Trust me. So the truth is, that all people experience the darkness of fear. And the truth is that for all of those who believe in Jesus, our faith dispels the darkness of fear. So let's talk about this third thing that I want to say. Living in the light of faith. Let's talk about what that looks like. Jesus calls out our fears when he says this. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Jesus is saying, listen, if you're going to fear anything, don't fear the things that can harm us physically. Fear the one who can harm us spiritually. Now, the word for fear can be used to describe being afraid of something, but it also is the word that can be used to describe respecting someone. So Jesus is saying to his followers, you need to fear and revere God. In other words, you need to fear what God can do, but you need to revere him as someone that you respect. As soon as Jesus talks about fearing God, he illustrates the element of respect for God by what he means. He, he talks about us being worth more than two sparrows. He says, revere and respect God and his power over us. But know, know this in the depths of your being that he loves you more than anything. 
The Apostle Paul wrote to a young leader named Timothy, and he coached him about how to live the life of faith, even in his insecurity, even in his unsuredness about his ability. And he says, as a follower, I want you to live out your faith and not be afraid. So he reminds Timothy, he says this, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. Power and love and self-discipline are things that come from believing in Jesus and being filled with his spirit. And when we operate out of those things, we're living in light of his faith that shines into the darkness of anything that can make us afraid. So what does this look like for us? Allow me to suggest what it could look like. I want to share with you a story that, that Bob Goff wrote about his friendship with his neighbor, neighbor, Carol. Carol moved into the neighborhood. She was a widow, and she moved across the street from Bob and his wife and their kids, and, and they took seriously what the Bible says about caring for widows. So this is what he writes. He said, I would call Carol a couple of times a week to see how she was doing. My phone calls to check on Carol weren't, were never long, but they were always meaningful. One day I called Carol to see how she was doing, and she struck an uncharacteristically serious tone. Her voice broke a little as she said, Bob, I just got back from the doctor, and he gave me some bad news. I have cancer. Her words hung over the phone like they were stuck in the wires. I was sad for Carol, and I could tell she was terrified. I thought for a second, and then I said, Carol, I'm coming over with something. No doubt she was a little puzzled. I rushed out to Radio Shack and got two walkie-talkies. I set one up next to Carol's bed, and I set one up next to ours. Carol and I talked exclusively over those walkie-talkies from then on. The first time I called her over the radio waves, I said, Hello, Carol? The walkie-talkie made that static sound that it makes in the movies. And second later, Carol's voice came crackling over the radio. Bob, is that you? I laughed and I thought, who else could it be? He said, something happens when you're talking on walkie-talkies. You get that same feeling when you connect two peach cans together with a string. You're both instantly transformed into nine-year-olds. No one has cancer. Nobody is alone, and no one is terrified anymore. Our houses became tree forts. Walkie-talkies became the cans. Carol and I talked for the next couple of years on the walkie-talkies. These walkie-talkies didn't fix her cancer. Something much bigger happened. She wasn't afraid anymore. In his book, Everybody Always, Bob writes about two distinct lessons that Jesus taught his followers. One was to have faith like a child, not to be childish, but to trust Jesus like a child does and to not be afraid. And he goes on and he writes about this. If we take to heart Jesus' words about having a childlike faith and not being afraid, they can move us from merely wishing things would get better for us to bearing up under the circumstance God actually gives us. They let us move from running away and hiding from our problems to engaging and embracing them. 
These words can fill us with quiet confidence and contagious hope. What's crazy is when we're not afraid and engage the world with a childlike faith, the people around us won't be afraid either. Hope and courage do the same things. And they spread. Carol began a long and ferocious fight with cancer, which had laid claim to many parts of her body, but cancer could never touch her spirit for one simple reason. Carol wasn't afraid anymore. She was playing offense, not defense. I gave Carol a ride one day to chemotherapy treatments. We sat in heated chairs next to each other and laughed a lot. I brought little colored umbrellas to put in the chemo bags and asked the nurse to hook me up a bag of my own. Carol and I pretended we were in Hawaii, sitting by a pool. When you're together with someone you love, you get to decide where you are, even if it's different from where you actually are. Carol made huge progress in the fight of her life, and she had more than a few setbacks. During one of those turns she took early on, she ended up in the hospital for an emergency surgery. After her surgery, I went into the recovery room. A snarl of tubes disappeared under the curtain, separating Carol's bed, and I found the nurse who was looking after Carol. I turned on the walkie-talkie, and I gave it to her to take to Carol, and I snuck in and I lay down on the other bed in her room behind my own curtain. I sat quietly for several minutes, asked God again if he'd heal my friend and let her live. Then I turned on my walkie-talkie and whispered into it, Hello, Carol? It made that crackling static sound again. There was a long silence, and I could hear some fumbling around on Carol's side of the curtain. Then a weak voice said, Hello, Bob, is that you? And we lo both laid our heads back on our pillows and laughed through the tears. In the fight of her life against cancer, Carol found faith like a child and fearlessness. And with the help of loving followers of Jesus, she let his light shine into the darkness of her fear and she was faithful and fearless. So let me ask you again, what are you afraid of? Is it a health trouble or a financial trouble or a relationship trouble or something else? Is it cancer? Is it debt? Is it loneliness? Is it fear of taking Jesus seriously and following him? Look, the darkness of fear can be paralyzing and overwhelming. It, it can cripple your enjoyment of this life and it can keep you from doing great things for God and for others in this world. Satan wants you to be crippled by fear. Satan desires for you to live in the darkness of fear for the rest of your lives. But God doesn't want you to live in that fear. God wants you to experience the joy that he has for you. And that can be found in believing in him and following him. So whatever you're afraid of, whatever you're worried or anxious about, we need to stop focusing on that, that darkness, and start focusing on God and trusting him to be the light that shines into our world. To let go and surrender what you're afraid of and to say, yes, God, I believe you and I trust you. So how do we do that? 
We tell God we trust him and we surrender our fears to him. So let me offer you a few suggestions. If you're experiencing health difficulty and you're afraid, this is what I would encourage you to do. Talk to God. Say, God, my health issue makes me afraid. But I'm going to surrender being afraid to you. And I'm going to trust you to be with me and to guide me with whatever comes next. If you're having financial trouble and you're afraid, this is what I would encourage you to do. Say, God, my finances are a mess and I'm afraid I'm going to go under. So I'm going to surrender my fear and I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to start managing my finances according to your will. If your marriage is in trouble and you're afraid, talk to God. Say, God, I'm afraid my marriage is falling apart. But I'm going to surrender my fear and I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to start working on my marriage your way. If you live in fear of talking to people about Jesus, just tell God. Say, God, I'm afraid to tell people about you. I'm afraid they're going to ask me questions that I can't answer. But I'm going to surrender my fear and I'm going to trust you that you'll keep your promise and tell me what to say when I need it. Let me suggest that as you pray this way that you turn to God's word and scripture. It tells us so many times to trust him and not to be afraid of anything. I encourage you even to go to our, our website or our Facebook page. We'll have some things there from Mark DeJesus who came and spoke several years ago to us. Things about 10 practical ways to deal with fear. But, but here's the final way I, I want to encourage you to deal with prayer. I want to encourage you, excuse me, fear. I want to encourage you to pray and to pray with others. So I'm going to invite Will to come up and, and he's going to play a song for us. But, but here's the deal. If you're struggling with fear and you want to pray with somebody, I want you to come up during this song. Because you know what surveys tell us is that half of us, at least half of us, are struggling with fear. And look, we would love to help you with that. You know, like Carol had Bob and his wife to walk with her through her time of fear with cancer. We want to walk with you because we believe we're better together. We believe that we can overcome fear by walking through the darkness with one another and Jesus and letting him shine into the light. So I'm going to invite the prayer team members to come up and you can just hang out on the sides. And if, if somebody comes up to pray uh, during this song, uh, then I encourage you to, to pray with them. If you want to pray at your seat, that's okay. But I encourage you to take a step to say to my brother, to my sister, you know, this is what I'm afraid of. Will you pray with me? And I just encourage you, if you don't come forward, to pray from your seat, you know, as, as Will plays and sings this song. Let's just go to prayer. Come forward if you feel led. There's one more prayer that I want to add in here as I was praying. Um, you know, Satan wants us to be afraid, and this is why. Because when we're afraid, we don't take risks. When we're afraid, we don't step out. When we let those thoughts of fear, you know, overwhelm us, it cripples us so many times. And there's nothing that Satan would want more than to keep you from fulfilling the fullness of who you are, the fullness of who God's called you to be in your workplace, in your home, you know, for men as dads and husbands, for women as moms, daughters. There's this cool scripture in Joshua, and it's where 
you know, God switches over his protection from Moses to Joshua, and it says this. It says, no one will ever be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws. Be strong and courageous. See, God knew the task ahead Joshua was going to bring a lot of fear. Literally fear of, of life and death. But he said, I am with you. Be strong and courageous. And the cool part, church, is that God declares that over each one of us in our homes, in our workplaces, in our families, in our marriages. God is saying to you right now in this moment, be strong and courageous. Take heart because our God has overcome this world already. And so even though it might seem like the stuff that we're facing can just be crippling, our prayer is that we would stand against that fear, a fear that's so real. Because when we can do that, when we can align ourselves with the promises of God, no matter how far away they might seem, then we can walk in the fullness of the destiny that God has for each one of our lives. So if that's you, I know Clark's going to close here in a second, but if that's you, if you feel like fear is keeping you from walking in the fullness of who God's called you to be, and I know that there's some people in this room that that's hitting your heart right now because this is the Holy Spirit's telling me this. If that's you, I challenge you, be, take a risk, be bold, come forward, grab a prayer team. We'd love to pray over you. The prayer, prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. So if that's you, if you feel like fear is holding you back from taking the risks or taking those steps that God is calling you to take, then come forward right now. Let us pray with you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our sincere hope that it has blessed you. For more information, visit our website at www.valleybrook.cc.